the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. And the idea of waiting on the Lord in the Bible, it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean like inactivity. It doesn't mean like waiting around and doing nothing. When the Bible talks about waiting on the Lord, the idea is like that of a waiter waiting on a customer, waiting on a table, right? Uh, a waiter is very active. They're not inactive. A waiter is very attentive. And when we wait upon the Lord, we're, we're attentive to the Lord. Our eyes are on Him. We're looking to Him. We're focused on Him. We're watching Him. Out of the several passages, catchphrases, or quotes we throw around as believers, how many of them would you say you actually understand? Perhaps one of the more common phrases we might not fully know the meaning of is none other than, wait upon the Lord. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach you that contrary to popular belief, this doesn't necessarily mean we're to sit around and wait. In his study, you'll learn that whenever we wait on the Lord, we're to seek Him, serve Him, and carry out His will. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now look at verse 11. For the Lord spoke thus to me, with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. So God gave Isaiah a very strong warning or an admonishment. And he told him, do not walk in the way of this people. Do not be like these people. Do not think like they do. Do not behave like they do. And again, for us, We should not behave like the world. We should not be like the world. We've been called out of the world. We should be separated from the world. And we should act differently from the world and and think differently than non-believers think. Look at verse 12. The Lord tells Isaiah specifically how he should be different from the people. Look what it says here. It's so interesting to me. I mean, again... Judah is is coming to the end here, and the nation is unraveling. Remember we saw in in an earlier chapter, I think it was chapter 2 or 3, where the Lord said he's going to take away the leaders and the military leaders and the knowledgeable people, and I'm going to give you children to be the leaders of your nation, people who are inexperienced and unqualified to lead the nation. And that is, that's a part of God's judgment against the nation, that they don't have qualified leaders anymore to lead the nation. Well, look at what else is happening in that nation as they're coming to the end here and as judgment is looming over the nation. It says in verse 12, here's what the people were doing. Do not say a conspiracy. 
concerning all that this people call a conspiracy. The people of Judah, as they were getting to the end, they were calling everything a conspiracy. Everything's a conspiracy. Now that everything's some kind of secret, evil plot and plan. You watch the news lately? <laughs> Everything's a conspiracy, isn't it? Everything. This, this person is, you know, has connections to this group or that country or this government, and they're in collusion together, and they've got this secret relationship, and all it's just all it's just all a big conspiracy. And that's all that the people were talking about in the nation of Judah as, as the clock was winding down. And the Lord says to Isaiah, don't be like those people. Don't be like those people. As Christians, we shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't be caught up in all the conspiracy stuff that's going on in our nation right now. And and we shouldn't act like the world in this way. Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The the people of the nation were fearful. It was a fearful time in the nation. They were afraid of these threats. They were afraid of the trouble that was threatening them from Syria and from the northern kingdom. And, And the Lord says to Isaiah, don't be like that. You don't be afraid. You don't be fearful. Instead, he says in verse 13, the Lord of hosts, him you shall holler. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He says, fear the, fear the Lord. Don't fear what man might do. Fear the Lord. See, that, that's, how, that's how we should be different from the world around us. We're not caught up in all the conspiracy stuff and we're not afraid of all the things that the non-believers are afraid of. You know, we have the peace that passes understanding ruling in our hearts and in our minds because we fear the Lord. We fear the Lord more. We're concerned about what God thinks more than anything else. And look at verse 14. He, the Lord, will be as a sanctuary, a safe place. Even if the conspiracies turn out to be true, even if the threats are real, And they materialize. The Lord's our sanctuary. The Lord's our sanctuary. He's our refuge. I mean, really, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if uh, the next missile warning is real and not a false alarm? I mean, are you going to stockpile food and guns and ammunition and, you know, shoot people as they're coming across your yard? That sounds like a real Christ-like thing to do, doesn't it? Now, what are you going to do? Even if something really does happen, and God forbid that it does, what are you going to do? You're going to trust the Lord. You're going to put your faith in Him. And He's going to be your sanctuary. He's going to be your safe place. He's going to be your refuge. In Psalm 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, though though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. 
There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Just at the break of dawn, the nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Even if the waters roar, even if the mountains are removed, even if the earth is removed, even if the foundational things are taken away, the Lord's our refuge. He's our trust. Our hope is in him. Our hope's not in anything else. Our trust is in the Lord. You know, look at verse 14 again. He will be as a sanctuary to us that put our trust in him. A safe place, a refuge. But he will be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken and be snared and taken. The Lord is a sanctuary for those who put their trust in him, but he's a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to those who reject him. Instead of finding protection from the Lord, they will trip over him their own destruction. Just to share a couple passages with you. Jesus, when he wept over the city of Jerusalem in Luke chapter 13, Jesus said of Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus says, All all I wanted to do was gather you together under my wings and protect you. I wanted to be a sanctuary for you. I wanted to be a refuge for you. I wanted to provide safety for you. But you wouldn't let me. And he says, And so your house is left to you desolate. You're going to be destroyed. Because they've rejected Jesus Christ and his safety and his security and his sanctuary. They're going to be destroyed ultimately. And we know that in 70 AD, Jerusalem is destroyed by the Roman military. He's our sanctuary. But to the person or the, that rejects him, he's a stone of stumbling. He's a rock of offense to them. You know, in the New Testament... Uh, We're told that this is speaking of Jesus, that he is the stone of stumbling. He's the rock of offense in 1 Peter chapter 2, if you want to turn there with me. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says, coming to him, to Jesus, as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Verse 6, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. 
Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief's cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. There it is. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. To those who don't believe, who are disobedient, he's a stone of stumbling. He's a rock of offense. To those who believe, he's the rock of salvation. But to those who reject him, they stumble over him. He's a rock of offense. They find Jesus offensive. Remember, uh, Simeon, remember in the Christmas story that we looked at just this last Christmas season, when Jesus is born and his parents take him to the temple shortly after his birth, and Simeon is there. And and Simeon said of Jesus that he will uh, lead to the, the rise and fall of many in Israel. You know, people are going to be divided over Jesus and what they say about Jesus and what they think about Jesus. He's, he's a rock of salvation. He's a stone of offense, a rock of offense as well. Uh, back in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 16, it says, Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, Tell this to your disciples, Isaiah. And and look what he says in verse 17. And I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. The the nation of, of Judah has rejected the Lord. They've turned their back on the Lord. And Isaiah says to his disciples, I will wait on the Lord. And my hope will be in him. Similar to what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, kind of, you know, the nation can do what the nation's going to do. But as for me, I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm going to hope in the Lord. And if the nation wants to put their hope in Assyria, they can. But my hope is in the Lord. And that's what Isaiah says. His hope is in the Lord. And I'm going to wait on him. You know, the idea of waiting on the Lord in the Bible, it doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean like inactivity. It doesn't mean like waiting around and doing nothing. When the Bible talks about waiting on the Lord, the idea is like that of a waiter waiting on a customer, waiting on a table. Right. Uh, A waiter is very active. They're not inactive. A waiter is very attentive. And when we wait upon the Lord, we're we're attentive to the Lord. Our eyes are on him. We're looking to him. We're focused on him. We're watching him. We're waiting for him to to give us some kind of direction or some kind of command. And so we're tuned in to the Lord. And that's what it means to wait on the Lord. I'm just just going to tune into the Lord. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to be in his word. I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to be in worship. And I'm just going to wait upon the Lord. Be before his face. That's what Isaiah says. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm just going to put my hope in him. Verse 18, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. You know, Isaiah says that he and his children are are signs, you know, to the nation of of Israel. Remember, he he names his son quick to the spoil, right? As the son's name is a testimony to the people of Israel. Look at verse 19. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, 
who whisper and mutter, Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? You know, the nation of Judah has this invasion that is impending with the armies gathered at the border. They're worried, they're freaked out, and the leaders of Judah turn to mediums and wizards for guidance. And Isaiah says, shouldn't you turn to God? (laughs) Isn't this a great time to turn to God for help and for guidance? Shouldn't you seek God? And I love verse 20 here. Look what he says in verse 20. To the law and to the testimony. (laughs) Turn to the law. Look to the word of God. It's really amazing what people will look to for guidance instead of the word of God. Even Christians sometimes will, you know, they'll read books, non-Christian books. They'll listen to this person or watch this and, 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 and nothing about it is Christian. And they don't even they don't even look in the Bible. And they're trying to find answers and they're looking everywhere but in the word of God. And that's what the people of Judah were doing. They were they were looking to mediums and wizards and communicating with the dead. And Isaiah says, forget all that. Go to the word of God. You have the word of the living God. Go to the word. The Bible says his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we can go to the word and the word will give us wisdom. It'll give us direction. It'll give us light. It'll show us what to do. And so he says, go to the word. Seek your God. What are you doing seeking the dead on behalf of the living? Seek the living God to the law, to the testimony. And then he says, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. People who don't speak according to the word of God or who contradict the word of God, Isaiah says, they're in darkness. They're lost spiritually. They're blind. And you don't want to listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. They're just as blind as can be. They can't help you. Don't take their advice. Even even if they say it in a very uh, persuasive or compelling way, even if it sounds really, really good, but it contradicts the word of God, they're in the dark, and you shouldn't listen to them. And Isaiah says, go to the word. You've got the word. You've got the word of God. Go to the word. And look what he says. He says in verse 21. He says, they will pass through it hard pressed and hungry. And it shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom and anguish, and they will be driven into greater darkness. He's saying here in verses 21 and 22 that that these people that you're going to for counsel who are contradicting the word of God, they're in darkness. And because they're in darkness, they can't even provide for their own spiritual needs. How are they going to provide for your spiritual needs? They don't even have answers for themselves. How are they going to give you answers? How are they going to guide you? 
And because of that, he says, if you follow their counsel, their counsel is just going to lead into gloom and anguish and lead you into even greater darkness. So go to the word. Go to the word. The light of the word. God has given us his word. Go go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3 in your Bible. Look at verse 16. All scripture, all of it, every word, every jot, every tittle, is given by inspiration of God. It comes from God, and it's profitable. It's profitable for you and me. For doctrine, it's teaching. For reproof, when we're doing something wrong, the word of God will reprove us. You'll have the conviction of the Holy Spirit as you're reading the word of God. And I shouldn't be doing that. For reproof, for correction. The word of God doesn't just tell us what we're doing wrong. It then tells us what to do right. Corrects us. A course correction. It'll say, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing this. So it reproves us, but then it corrects our course. And it's profitable, verse 16, for instruction or training in righteousness, rightness. It tells us the right thing to do. It instructs us. That, here's why, this is what it does. That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, lacking nothing. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Verse 17 tells us that the word of God gives us all that we need to be complete. And thoroughly equipped for everything. All in the Bible. The Bible is sitting in your lap. Has all the information you need for life and godliness. So that you can be complete Thoroughly furnished for every good work in your life. Now, is it going to tell you uh, how to operate your iPhone? No. But it is going to tell you how to have self-control over your emotions as you're trying to figure out how to operate your iPhone. Right? You've got the Bible. You've got the living word from the living God. Don't look to people. Don't look to the world for wisdom. Don't look to man for wisdom. Go to the Word. Go to the Word. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, They're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. 
Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.